0: One of us needs and appreciates all your support. This movie review also comes for subscribers at Time Lord level or above, an uncut, unedited, longer video version of the review. Become a subscriber and check it out. Hungry for adventure? Then travel to a La carte, the charming land below the floating city of heavenly delight, and join the young Cook Ramen for her daily dose of wacky hijinks in the new series Delicious! With a cast of eccentric, strong female characters, this wonderfully illustrated comedy comic will be out in July, but you can pre-order now by clicking the banner on the page for this podcast. Get the limited hardcover first edition, plus free stickers and an art print as a gift. Wow, stickers! A perfect gift for your child, or those of you who are forever young at heart. One of us strongly recommends this one.
1: Long ago in the land of myth and legend, the one great Buddha faced upon an evil monster and then went, actually, I don't want to deal with this right now, and went to the one next door. And in it, it saw two eyeballs. One was black and red, and then it changed to green and golden. The the translation's kind of iffy, is what I'm saying. And ripped out these eyes in a very un-Buddha-like fashion. But one of them decided to play hopscotch down the road, hopping from person to person until it finally hit the not-so-virgin priest, LeWayne. I mean, you know, what was I supposed to do? (laughs) And with it, LeWayne went on his evil, murderous rampage of hopscotch until finally the Buddha played by Robert decided to put it back in its jar.
2: I was on uh supposed to be silent, but I'm going to go ahead and, you know, for the sake of moving the plot forward, I'm going to go ahead and speak, and yes, all that.
1: <laughs> <laughs> and with the other eye, gold, green, blue, multi-technicolor, Joseph's dream coat, eyeball, got put in another jar, and neither these two shall meet until Mindy, that is me, went to get some cookies and accidentally used the wrong one. And so now, in order to put this eyeball back in its rightful place, we must do the review of The Eighth Night, a Korean mystery thriller horror involving myth and legend, much of which us non-Buddhists probably don't get correctly. So, would anyone among us want to jam the eyeballs back in their containers by giving the synopsis?
3: Sure, why not? The Korean version of Indiana Jones decides he wants to prove the legend that you recited was true. Well,
1: I messed up the legend on purpose, so you may (laughs) want to say what it actually is.
3: There's an interdimensional monster that wants to cause human suffering. Buddha's like, psh, no, don't do that. But, like, for whatever reason, can't actually destroy the creature. So he basically plucks out its eyes and, as you described, separates them in two different places and... So that keeps the creature blind and powerless, except that some guy decides he wants to prove the legend, so he finds the eye and things get loose, and it begins doing the fallen angel thing from person to person to person through the path it's supposed to take. And you've got a cop who's investigating one of the murders that happened, and you've got a novice monk who's supposed to go get the other experienced monk and convince him to come save everybody, and they all are chasing this thing, and each other, and it probably makes a lot more sense if you speak Korean, which I don't, (laughs) but the stepping stones, or the hopscotch that you referred to, are the seven people that the creature will inhabit along its path, and when it reaches the final one, then the virgin shaman, once they reach that last one, then it will burst forth and be powerful and destroy the world and all the things that, you know, those creatures want to do in the process. That's pretty much it. And then we watch them fight each other and this thing, trying to keep ahead of it, and it keeps getting ahead of them and so forth and so on. And like I said originally, the dude that starts this all off was trying to prove the legend was true. There's a fucking interdimensional monster that wants to murder all of us. Why would you want to prove... But that's a thing. Just leave it alone.
1: Yeah. I mean, there's fame and fortune. But yeah, that was one of my thoughts, too. It's like, you want to prove this monster that's going to destroy humanity is real? What? So, how'd y'all feel about this one?
3: It looks really good. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> it looks really good, particularly some of the visual stuff they do, like in the storytelling, but in some of the other stuff where they desaturate the visuals and you just have pops of color, like the red and the black and some of that stuff. It looks like a movie, like genuinely
2: cinematic in a lot of it. I think there was, on that tip, some stuff that kind of remind me of television, mm-hmm. like some real up-close zooms for reaction and stuff like that, that you wouldn't necessarily get in a movie movie. And I dug that, because at the two hours... I will first off tell you one of the reasons I really dug this movie. As someone who constantly bitches about the lacklusterness of third act exposition, (laughs) there's more story in the first 10 minutes of this movie than a certain franchise that's about to get its 11th film, I think. (laughs) Or 10th. I'm not going to tell you which one it is. One of them's got 10, one of them's got 13. Which one? But on that note, it made me feel a lot of times we get these horror shows that are six or eight episodes or films where it's like oh i wish this one was the other one i love this kind of in the middle i'm not saying it plays like a television because you're absolutely right a lot of the stuff was so well shot the lighting the stuff in the train station that we get to see reminded me of a lot of stuff from the similars just that it was you know real low to the ground type stuff that building atmosphere keeping the tension where they need to i loved the way that it looked i thought it was a really good choice to to not you know we're in Korea but we're in the alleys you know we're not driving around the city with the highway behind us which a lot of films will do to build scope but this one this was definitely a story driven horror movie
1: I will say that was part of it that kind of was a bit of a negative for me because One of the things about this film is it sets up in that, you know, very well done exposition at the beginning establishing the legend is that there is a ticking clock, right? There is a sense of urgency as this evil eyeball jumps from person to person to person. And while it does say that like it doesn't in days, you know, or nights that it's jumped and it will say third night, fourth night because the focus is on the dude And the monk and a little bit on the policeman, there isn't the focus on what the eyeball is doing. Right. And so there isn't as much of a sense of urgency until the final act, which is like 45 minutes, half an hour before the end. That, I thought, was beautiful. I loved the pacing. I loved the visuals. I thought the action was really good. But before that, it felt kind of draggy because it felt like more focus should be on the threat instead of the people trying to catch up with the threat.
2: There was a lot of cuttings to the bodies afterwards. Yeah! we heard about another one. The one thing I will say about that semantically that really bugged me is it's called The Eighth Night and we're counting the days. Couldn't (laughs) we have just counted the nights instead like it would have been a little more coherent i think but i also think to what you're saying mindy it probably would have flowed a lot better if we were just talking about the stones and not the days like right south korea isn't a massive country so i'm pretty sure he could run across it in eight days and kill some people right. i will say one thing that i really dug about the language of it because you know obviously this is a subtitled foreign film korean produced i love that their idea of far east and far west is like the middle east and their west coast. Yeah. Right. But our version of Far East is so far west that it's the other side of the world. Yes. Right? But their far west is like the edge of Korea. Like, you know, it's right. just up there in the mountains.
1: Yeah. Well, I mean, you know, Buddhism began in India. So yeah, I was right. thinking it's probably around there. And then. Korea. And it's like, yes, this is our borders. And it's like, it's really tiny in comparison to the rest of
2: the world. (laughs) Because I was like, oh man, we're going to South America or something. It's (laughs) like, no, it's like that side of the island and, you know, 2,000 miles out.
3: One of the things that I did find sort of interesting about it, especially as you get near the end and you start seeing more of a manifestation of the creature, some of the what I assume are visual effects, they would almost have to be, of like the eyes. It's not just the one eye or the two
2: eyes, but like... Yeah, we get a pretty good final boss reveal
3: yeah and i'm gesturing toward my face which nobody can see unless they're paying the extra money you should pay the extra money and watch the video it's much better thank you subscribers
2: (laughs) yes thank you So, yeah, the one shot that I really like once we're in act three is once, you know, we're finally all in and, you know, it's finally going down there at the end with the spells and the traps and the double crossing and the confusion and the family drama and all this stuff. This really quick kind of flash of like a light in the clouds. That shot is fucking gorgeous. Like it is really well. It's really quick. It's not a lingering, you know, they didn't open a title on that, but I really, really appreciated that.
1: Well, we have talked a lot about the visuals. What did everybody think about the characters and or actors who played them?
2: I think it's cool if you're like a person that watches a lot of horror and stuff. You get all kinds of tropes in here, man. We got a cop. We got the cop's sidekick. We have a monk. We have a crisis of faith no longer a monk. We have someone who's lost their family. We have someone else who's lost their family. We have family that doesn't know that they're family. (laughs) We have people that may or may not really be in this real world that we're following through part of the story. So I thought that was neat. I thought a lot of the play that you know it reminded me of stuff like the seventh sign and stuff like that where we get to see like the possessed person jump in on the protagonist and be like ah it's me now like i dug that part of the writing and stuff so i like that a lot of the characters got to play more than one side i guess sure there's just a lot going on Uh so i think for me the characters were cool i dig the first monk that we start with that we don't get to you know, see for the entire movie. But I think everybody was definitely in a lane. There's that not a lot true. of similar arcs and stories in the thing to each other.
1: Yeah, but. I think that maybe they had a bit too much. Maybe if they, they cut one of those plot lines and focused more on those you know, storylines, then maybe could have found a way to intertwine them together. Because except for like, there's one moment between the cop and the ex-monk that kind of involves some intertwining but then it deviates once again back into their own lanes It is very much, this is my story, this is my story, this is my story, and then end. So, yeah, it would have been nice if they had interconnected more. Again, that would have helped in regards to the threat, because it's like everybody's focused on this one thing. You heighten the threat level, it becomes a bit more engaging.
3: I mean, this begins with a Buddhist legend, or at least this movie's version of a Buddhist legend in Sanskrit. So you have this cop going through it all, But your primary characters are the monk and what you described as the one who's lost his faith, right? Mm -hmm. So the cop is doing all the cop stuff, and he's just sort of dragging along behind everything and kind of periodically catching up. And it's the two guys who are operating more or less on faith that are the ones who have to resolve everything at the end. And in fact, the nature of one's faith versus the other or gaining or losing it is what makes the final difference in the conclusion of it, which was interesting. And I'm not saying that they didn't need the cop thing at all, because I think it has some interesting elements within it. It brings in some other sort of threats to what's going on. But this is a supernatural threat that's going to be resolved, essentially, with a supernatural response. It's not going to be some dude with a 38 or whatever the Koreans carry (laughs) that's going to solve this problem for him. And so that was kind of an interesting thing. Because we're so used to, particularly in the Western horror, that it is, well, frankly, some derivation of Christianity that's going to save the day when it's a supernatural creature. The supernatural threat may or may not be part of like the Christian mythos, but the guy who's going to solve it with his superpowers is going to be. And so it was interesting to see this. I mean, I know part of it is the side effect of where it is. It's Korean as opposed to American. But it was just interesting to see a different representation because there's really not a lot of the power of Christ compels you or power of Buddha compels you. It's, It's a completely different method of dealing with this threat supernaturally, I guess. So I thought that was an interesting element to see, and it's one I like seeing not because I have any particular interest in faith, but it was just interesting to see not the Catholic dude again, waving a cross and a Bible fixing it.
2: Yeah, I thought one thing that's neat is, you know, not giving anything away, you know, the monk that we end up following at the heart of the story, not being his younger counterpart that came from the original one, but he's the crisis of faith, you know, left the religion coming back. We didn't spend an act with him either coming back to God. He's like, you know, I'm back on this now. I guess I couldn't escape it. Fate type thing. He doesn't dwell on any of that. Right.
1: Well, he does have a moment, because his arc is not about his lack of faith.
2: Yeah, well, that's it, what I mean. It's
1: about overcoming his trauma.
2: Right. I'm just glad that they didn't spend 20 minutes on that, yeah. like a lot of films usually do. The one thing, I don't know if it's intentional or not, but most of these films where you get the cop that doesn't know they're in a horror movie, <laughs> yeah. we get the inevitable team-up. And I will just say that this is not that.
1: No. Yeah, no. Not in the slightest. <laughs> No. as we all laugh with glee
2: because i had some questions i think going into the final moments of the movie and i feel like you know some of the characters did too yeah that's another thing is there's a lot of cast in this movie and it's really a ride to see who's around for the credits right,
1: right. and that was one of the things too is like this thing is two hours long but some of those side characters like the cops buddy and the virgin shaman and you know the professor there are side characters that you know there's a lot going on with them but because the focus is on monk and ex-monk and you know there's stuff with ex-monk as well obviously i mentioned his trauma But it's like, there's a lot of stuff there that I really wish had gotten expanded upon because it's like, this is very clearly character moments that it feels like they had to cut a bit in order to carry on with the plot. And again, since I mentioned the plot kind of dragged until the last act, having those character moments, I think would have been a a nice journey to go on through it in order to keep it going.
2: Sure. I did think about it and wanted to ask y'all if there's smaller element over the others you'd like to see expanded on. Cause like, say we get a expanded universe movie. I'd fucking <laughs> love to see this meditation group. Oh, oh yeah, the, yeah. The
1: meditation group with the professor.
2: <laughs> I almost paused the movie to daydream <laughs> about how nefarious that fucking idea was. Oh yeah.
1: I'd like to know more about the professor and his daughter. And what the deal was there because she's just kind of shows up and has a whole bunch of mystery about her and it's like I'd, I'd like to know some of that mystery yeah. no okay uh. that'll
3: be for the ninth day oh right <laughs> when that one comes out <laughs> or ninth night ninth, i'm ninth. sorry ninth midday i was gonna say the ninth tea time <laughs>
1: And so, as we get into the ninth day, how about we get into our final thoughts? Go ahead, Robert.
2: You know, I dug it you know this is easily one of the best horror releases by netflix for me in a while there's been some really good ones i really like it because it's different i really like it because it's pretty much a horror drama at some point you get a cop that doesn't know he's in a horror movie like i said you get a crisis of faith there's a lot of stuff i don't want to say because of what happens in the third act but i really like the way it looked like Lowayne mentioned and i totally acknowledge what minnie's talking about about the jumbledness i think maybe it has to do with that weird two hour mark like you've either got a lot of story and you had to cut some stuff out or you needed less time to tell it this one for me i had never heard about this to it looked like we had a shot to review it so i was hyped i hadn't seen a newer horror movie that i hadn't heard anything about in a while i dug it i'm gonna give it a strong eight out of ten blood amulets man like fuck i want to hear a story about her too like oh some cool stuff i will say one thing that's neat real fast is seeing a villain fall for the same shit more than once is my <laughs> cup of tea man because that was cool too <laughs> it, from
3: a technical standpoint it looks good it sounds good it's got a lot going on visually it's not boring to look at at any point From a Western viewer standpoint, you've seen a lot of this before, but there's a lot of stuff you haven't seen this way. And that makes it that much more interesting. Mm -hmm. I don't know if it was really spoiler, but it got a lot into the sort of how the ending is resolved to some degree. You should still watch it anyway. But it was just interesting to see it not from the sort of traditional Western supernatural threat lens, right? Like that in and of itself was worth my time watching this movie. I'll probably watch it again because I'm pretty sure there's some stuff I missed that I'm hoping I can catch. In the end, this is 3.75 <laughs> out of 5 Virgin Shaman.
1: <laughs> yeah, as you know, they were saying, this film is really beautiful. I mean, I always love Asian film and TV in particular because it does tend to be shot well and the visuals tend to be really pretty and interesting. And I did enjoy everybody in it. And what they brought to the table. But as I said, because of the way that the story structure is, you have characters that don't really interact all that much. Their storylines don't really interact all that much. And there are some characters where you get a glimpse that there's something really interesting and deep and engaging about them, but it doesn't go into it. And so as a result, like I said, until the final act, it does feel draggy. It's like you enjoy your time with the people, but there's a lot more storyline that I wish we had gotten that we didn't. But it's still, you know, an interesting story. And like I said, once it gets to that last act, it just goes. And it is really good, and it looks awesome, and some of the things that happen, you're just like, oh, that, oh, hmm, okay, (laughs) nice knowing you, so I'm gonna give it 7.5 prayer beads that you wrap around your fist like iron knuckles, because you're gonna beat some shit up. Send them demons back to not Nirvana, because that's where good people go. That is one thing. It's like, I'm with you, Luane. I love the Eastern sort of mythos, legend, supernatural stuff. So having that there, and it's like, eat this from the Buddha, which is so not the buddha when you really think about
2: it yeah there's a scene where the monk who wraps his knuckles with the metal beads gets a gun pulled on him and he wraps his knuckles i was like if he blocks that fucking bullet with his fucking hand i'm gonna <laughs> petition for a sequel luckily it didn't go to this isn't an experimental horror
1: he just had his axe that had ohm written on it so yeah. it's like meditate on this bitch
3: and that's the american remake right there <laughs>
2: The American remake is definitely an HBO half hour called Virgin Shaman. I'm sorry. <laughs> I did think about that. Like the character gets called that from when she's very young. Like, yeah. is this like a position that people take or like, does every town have like, Oh, I'm not going to the bougie shaman. I'm going to the Virgin Shaman. Like, it's, like, <laughs> lots of questions, which I think if a film's going to keep you talking, it's good. So, you know, good. Thanks.